0: This episode is brought to you by The Mom Project. The Mom Project is the leading career destination for moms, and it's on a mission to build a better workplace for women and everyone. We move forward when we move together, and The Mom Project provides you with both community support, over 300,000 moms deep, and job opportunities designed to meet you where you are and help you to grow and achieve throughout your journey. Sign up for The Mom Project now at themomproject.com. See what opportunities await you. Marion Cicino is a developer, author, and mom. She helps your kids get excited about technology through the power of books. She began her career in architecture, making the switch to technology about seven years ago. After working as a software developer for a number of years, Miriam began teaching software development for Codasia, where she educated the next generation of software developers. After becoming a mom, Miriam was inspired to introduce technology to children and used books as her vehicle. As the author of the Zeroes and Owners book series, Miriam was on a mission to make computers more approachable, friendly, and easy to understand, and to get you and your family excited about technology. Zerus Gets a Virus is the first book in the series. It's a story about computer security and viruses, and it includes a parent guide and a glossary, with versions available in English, Dutch, German, and Spanish. Miriam resides in Amsterdam with her husband and son when she's not quarantined in Spain. Miriam, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me, Ellen. This is exciting. I'm so excited to talk to you. You love technology and education. That's my wheelhouse. I think it is just so cool what you're doing, helping families start the computer knowledge early and in an approachable way. Can you tell us why did you decide to start this book series and and what are you trying to do to inspire the next generation?
1: So um, three years ago, So I got pregnant and I was still teaching. And then I had my son. And then when I got this baby, I naturally started thinking about the way in which I'd like to introduce him to the world of computers. First started looking at him at home with him, which was reading books, right? And I realized that, well, children start building their reality from them. And when they read a book, their whole life becomes that book. And also, well, from my days as a teacher, I noticed how important the stories can be when, when you're learning something new. And that's why very often during my classes, we talked about code as much as we coded. So I'd normally say like, hey, look, close your laptops. Let's just get talking, right? And the students normally felt more confident in their technical skills. And so I thought about how I could bring some of the elements I used in my teaching Into people's homes and help parents open up the conversation around tech. And uh, that's how I started. So I also had to do it in a way that was fun for the kids, but also, and because parents are often so busy, it needed to be very hands on, too, right? So that's why I'm writing these books about computers with stories that are easy to tell at home, that make concepts very tangible and accessible, but that are also engaging to get kids uh, asking tons of questions, right? Because that's, that's what we want at the end, you know, to talk with them about it. So I hope that Ferus and Ona help parents open up that conversation with them while they teach their children some computer basics. And as you said, without the need for a screen and through the power of books.
0: Right, that's super interesting. I love that it, you just made it a way that just fits into parents' lives, right? Like we're already reading books to our kids. We're already introducing them. But you didn't start off in technology despite your dad's encouragement. Why didn't you start off in technology? Why did you start off with a different career?
1: Well, so such a great question, right? Because it goes all the way back to the origins of my story and the work that I'm doing now. So totally true. So I wasn't always this passionate about computers. And even though my dad always wanted me to go into computer science, right? I just didn't see the point. I missed it somehow. <laughs> and I only look at computers as an aid, and notice this friend, right, full of possibilities and challenges. And I thought really that studying computing was so gray and so boring that I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something fun and something colorful and especially something that helped other people around me. That's what I wanted to do. And instead I went to college and studied architecture and then about being an architect at first, I really liked it. So I worked for seven years, more or less. Yeah. Seven, six, seven years in several countries around Europe. And it was exciting and we were winning competitions and I got to work in very challenging projects. And so it was good, but at some point, you know, what happened Ellen was that I wasn't feeling happy because I was working too much Mm -hmm. like in architecture. You do long hours, you do overnight and full weekends. And I just didn't see myself doing that during my whole life. Mm-hmm. So it was around that same time, now husband. And that's when things started to, ch- to shift for me in terms of my idea of technology and programming. So he's a game programmer and he loves his work, right? Ah. And then from the very first date, we were having all those techie conversations that you'd say around the things he was doing, right? It hit me. So 2013, after some time living together and seeing what working as a programmer looks like, I finally decided to quit my job as an architect and I stayed home for six months to code through online courses.
0: Wow. Okay. And what was your first coding language that you
1: used? So I started with PHP because here's the thing, what I did. I was in Germany by that time, placed in Frankfurt. I went to Google and I searched what is the programming language that it's been asked the most in the area that I lived in. <laughs> and it was great. You know, like PHP was like, boom. Right. And then, I mean, it was 2013, Ellen, like now everyone is doing this thing or a lot of people are considering a career in tech. But yeah. in 2013, no one was doing it. I was crazy. Right. You know? right. And then I joined Treehouse. I joined Code School. And I joined Code Academy.
0: Wow! Okay.
1: Everything they had about PHP, and I found my way into it. That is impressive. Yeah, PHP is not for the faint of heart. That's definitely
0: you know challenging. You started on the challenging end, so that's fine. Um, so you actually did this before you became a mother. Yes. Right. So how would you say that becoming a mom shaped your career decisions?
1: I love this question, Ellen. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Because this is such an important conversation and I don't think that we have that enough. So uh, when I got pregnant, as I said, that I was still teaching, right? So, And then my baby was born and after three months of maternity leave, I went back to work and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all my respect for all those moms that back to work after three months. And I think it's about having options, right? Like it's about giving moms the option to whether they want to go back to work or not, right? So in my case, it really was a hard thing to do because I was teaching eight hours programming lessons to 25 people, right? And then also there were those development bootcamps in which they are there for 12 weeks. And then they have a very emotional baggage as well, because most of them, they quit their careers or this is like a death or life situation, right? And then sometimes I had to deal with a lot of emotion stuff and conversations. And I just said, look, I have this baby. He's not sleeping. I was at 3 a.m walking Great. around the block yesterday <laughs> and um, I'm sorry, I cannot teach you how to cope today. <laughs> yeah. so having a baby, it turned out to be a huge challenge for us. And we were also expats living in Amsterdam and okay. we have family and we have very few friends around and we're, we were constantly sleep deprived. This meant that suddenly and without too much planning, I was at home every day taking care of a baby and having a lot of time to be with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah for the first time in my life <laughs> and uh, it was then that I started doing a lot of journaling and uh, so whenever he fell asleep I, I started journaling and I discovered that as much as I loved programming and coding a part of me was missing the creative side of architecture right and I missed the sketching and I missed the drawing and it was around that same time that I had the idea for Teresa I decided to go for it. So I started drawing and writing during his nap times. And eventually also, and this was the best hack ever, because I would wake up early in the morning, 6.30, I left baby and dad at home, and then I went and worked in a cafe next to my husband's office before his work. And then when he came at 10 o'clock, I was ready for the baby. That's what I did for months and months and months. Yeah, it was amazing. Because it was like that moment of connection, that opportunity to actually be with myself and also do something apart from taking care of my baby, which for me was important. Motherhood gave me an opportunity to pause Ellen and to reflect back on what I've been doing in my career and what I wanted to spend my time on moving forward. And I think that sometimes we need to slow down to speed up again, as hard as that can be, right? And I think that's exactly what happened here. Also, I saw it as a chance for me to be a mother and do a career that made a great impact because I believe that it is so important to come up with fresh new ways to introduce the world of computers to our kids because we need to reach as many of them as we can. And especially moms. I think they're very often role models for their children and it is important to look tech savvy and be able to inspire them too. Mm -hmm. And eventually reaching more kids. And that's, that's close to my heart. Because I think reaching more kids will end up building a more diverse tech industry in the upcoming years. I think as diversity as a force for, for humanity. <laughs> and the more diverse these teams become, the more caring and the more humane digital world will be creating.
0: Right. I, there's, there's so much good stuff in that. I want to go back to, I, so I love journaling. I encourage my students all the time, especially like a lot of times I'm working with women who are you know, entering the interview phase. And when they practice interviewing, they'll sound so scattered if they don't write it down and then kind of filter. And it's like writing is to, to really like clarify your own thinking. And and I know I started my blog. I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss. Have you ever heard of Tim Ferriss?
1: Yeah. I'm a fan as well. <laughs> you love Tim Ferriss. Yeah, of
0: course you do, because we love all the same things. And he would talk about Kevin Kelly, And Kevin Kelly has this like really short paper, like a thousand true fans. But basically the, what Kevin Kelly will say is sometimes we're just writing for our own clarity of thought. Sometimes we're writing like for ourselves. And so for me, writing was, I was like a pretty good student, uh, really good in, in math. Writing, I was always like the B plus and I never like wrote the way the teachers wanted me to write And I really only ever liked diagramming sentences. And so I think that for me, so I just started blogging and I realized what I really like about kind of the online world is like I get to just write how I talk And I'm a very straight talker and I'm a very straight writer So nobody's gonna read my writing and be like wow, Ellen, you're an excellent writer but they might understand something like technology in a different way because of how I write. But I think that for me, and I journal every day, as you know, for me, journaling has, if, if nothing more, helped me clarify my own thinking. And I think it's been such a gift to myself. And I really, I, I love that you found your way through journaling. You found kind of your own your own self, your own thoughts, and you were able to leverage what you were doing. Um, but I love, so you're about nap time, but I am, I'm like obsessed with what you did, that you got up at 6.30 and then you worked till 10. And the thing is, so many of the, the moms that I work with, you know, they don't know how to fit the time in. And I just love, I'm not saying that what you did is gonna be right for everyone, but you picked what was right for you. And it's so brilliant. like you know you like for me, my husband traveled a bunch and so I always really liked working at night, even though I'm not a night person. I just my kids were asleep. I'm not really a TV person and I would work at night and that worked for me. And so I think finding that niche. So like what made you decide to go that 6:30 to 10 a.m. plan? Why did you decide to do that? Were you able to be really productive in that time? First, I think
1: being a mom, it can bring you so much clarity. Yeah. It can also release all the difficulties that you have with perfectionism in the past.
0: Yeah, right, for sure, yes.
1: And um, the first time, Ellen, that I went out through that door, right, and I left my baby and my husband at home, I felt so guilty. Yes. And I felt like a, such a bad mom yeah because that's not what a mom does right,
0: right? yes right. I love that you're saying this that's beautiful
1: and uh it took a while I'm not gonna lie <laughs> it took a while to actually realize that I was going to be a better mom if I was that time away it wasn't easy to communicate that to my husband right and to, okay. because I think I was like you know you, you tend to please everyone right? yeah or, or at least I'm I'm a people pleaser, right? And also you're in this motherhood transformation, you know, and then stepping up and asking things for yourself, it's tricky. But I think what gave me, answering your question, what gave me that push was that I wasn't feeling happy. You know, I was completely drained. And during the first months of motherhood, I said I was sleep deprived. You have two options. You have the option of being Sleep deprived and sad or sleep deprived and happy? Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Which is like, do you want to be tired and happy or you want to be tired and sad, right? And grumpy, right? And that was such a great insight, right? And to be happy, yes, I needed those hours in the morning because some days it was just to be there with my coffee, to be honest. Yeah. And just to have that, you know, So and then I miss it now. I miss that time. He's three years old right now. I miss working early in the morning because then when you have that restriction, like that constraint, you know, you know that you have those couple of hours in the morning and then he will fall asleep later in the afternoon. right? Right. And then knowing that you're gonna be working those two hours, it makes you produce in a way that it's very much like, tak, 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 yeah. what's a priority? You know, what right. is the thing that is gonna move the work forward, you know? You don't procrastinate as much. Yeah, yeah. The procrastination you, is gone. You don't do have, you have time for the, the
0: negotiating in your mind. Do I do this? What about that? No, you just sit down and get to work, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and then maybe for the people listening, they can relate to this as well. You need something and that's what made the, the shift for me, I think. Because in the beginning, you know, when you start things and also switching careers, as many people in your audience might be doing right now, is that you have that phase in which there's a lot of self-doubt and then you, you don't really know what you're doing. You don't really know if you're going to go for it or not. And you need a trick to get yeah. you out of there. And yeah. for me, it was a hundred day project. Mm-hmm. Which is basically you remove the stuff about whether I want to do it or I don't want to do it, you know, you just commit yourself to do one thing for 100 days straight, yeah, no matter what.
0: I love it, I love everything about it. I love,
1: yes. yeah, and I love that you said you felt
0: so guilty. I love that you shared that because I want to share in my story, I stayed home instead of taking action. I would just complain and I would just be mad at my husband a lot, but I didn't take the time soon enough. I wouldn't take that time for myself. And I look back now, now I do take the time. Now I understand. Um, and, and I did when my, when my fourth was, was young, but I, I know it was because of that guilt like that. I, what, I was a bad mom. I didn't love my kids cause I was going to go work for three hours. Like that's crazy. And I think what you said is so great. If you can look outside of yourself, which sometimes we can't because we're so sleep deprived, but if we can journal about it and find like, no, actually, actually, I'm going to be a better mom. Sometimes we think like it's supposed to feel good. You're never going to feel good leaving your baby the first time. That's never going to feel good. I mean, there are a couple people I've met who are like, yeah, it wasn't a big deal for me, but most moms are like, that was really hard for me. And like you said, it wasn't like your husband was like, yeah, this is great. He had to be convinced, Right. That's okay. We don't have to please everybody. So I, I love all of that about your story. I love that you say commit. I think that is, you know, that's why I always teach people like have a three month goal, try to do it in three months. Okay. So what if you did it in four or five, that doesn't matter. But if you're like, well, I'm just going to take as long as it takes, you're not going to get, make the progress. And I'm all about progress. Okay.
1: And I, I also say to add, I want to add something else to that. So what I did with the journaling. Yeah. So I took the, the book, The Artist's Way from Julia Cameron.
0: Okay. The Artist's is, Way. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah. She gives you two tools. She gives you two tools. And then okay. one of those tools is morning pages, which is basically you wake up, you write three, more, three pages, handwritten, all the stuff that you can think of, you know, like no editing, no stopping, nothing. And then she also tells you once a week, you need to take an artist date. Because the artist within, it's like a child. And that, was, that resonated with me a lot. Because having that child at that moment in my life as well, you know, like, and knowing that that artist inside of me needed also to be taken care of, you know, was, it was really nice. But to the morning pages and to the complaining side of it, I, when I started journaling, I decided that I was going to stop complaining to people around me. And I was just complaining in the morning pages. Yes! like they normally tell you in the book, like she tells you your morning pages are going to be super boring. And by the way, I didn't do that in the morning because, you know, in the morning, but eventually some part, and, and maybe it was not three pages, you know, it was all very messy. And also giving yourself the, when you are a mom, giving yourself the permission to say, I'm just going to make it happen, however it is. And Let it be just messy, right? Because if we think like in our careers, you know, if we're very career driven and then suddenly you have a baby that doesn't sleep, you know, suddenly your life is a chaos. And then it's like, oh, if it's chaos, I'm not going to do it. No, Mm -hmm. let it be chaotic. Let it be messy. and It's okay. Right. So then I started journaling and then they told you, your morning pages are going to be very boring, very boring. (laughs) And my first hundred pages were like, why is this baby not sleeping? Why me? You know, like, this really sucks. You know, like, and then eventually I wanted to write and I wanted to do something for myself. And bam, 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 bam. One day, Terus and Ona were on the page. And then from that day on, Terus and Ona was all in my morning pages. Wow. I saw that happening. I saw that happening, Ellen. After months. And that's exactly what what they tell you in the book. That the whole journaling just takes away all the rubbish. And then it's like, cleaning layers, cleaning layers, cleaning layers until it's all clear. Wow. But it's, it's really, that happened to me. It's beautiful.
0: I love that because really what you're saying is like, okay, we're going to just have every thought and feeling that we have, and we're going to just put it, give it to the journal and instead, and and then just clear it out. And then we're going to find something underneath and whatever we find is beautiful. And I love that because um, yeah, Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way, a lot of times people don't want it. They're like, well, I'm not an artist. I mean, right? I work in tech, although I would say tech is, is an art. I also like Elizabeth Gilbert. What's the, what is the, the book? The that Big I, Magic. Yes, right. Big Magic. So she just talks about, it, it's more about this concept where you're like 100 days to commit. Like she, so for you guys who don't know, she's E. Pray Luck, which like now she's huge. You know, she's like J.K. Rowling. They made Made out of a movie. She's, you know, I don't know, millionaire, billionaire. I really don't know. But she is super rich and famous. And everybody's like, oh, she's so successful. But if you read her stuff, you will see like she was the definition of a tortured artist. She was a writer and she would just write and write and write. And she even said like one of her friends was much better than her as a writer, but he quit and she didn't quit. And so I think that so often we think we're supposed to be good at the beginning. And I know this perfectionism that you talked about, like, we think we're going to just be really good at it and and, and we're not, you're not going to be good. And so what you're saying, like this hundred days, no matter what, some days suck. Some days you're like, I did crap. But if you showed up, you're going to be further along than if you, than if you didn't, you know? Yes. Yes. So true. So Zeros and Ona was really born from your morning pages.
1: I mean, that and my conversations with my husband. So it was a topic that, yeah, that really, really touched us. So we both work in the tech industry and, and yeah, we, we were not sleeping. the baby wanted to play until late <laughs> at night. So one day it was really late at night, it was 12 o'clock and then we, we grabbed a book about computer science and then suddenly we started thinking about, you know, the world of computers and we started saying, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we're writing stories happening inside a computer? And about how computers do math and graphics and how the internet works. And then right away we were like, but they should be told by a zero and a one and they could live in the binary world and they could be called zeros and ona. And it was Ellen, tak, tac 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 tak, tak. Like we were oh. just there and that thing came. And then next day I was like, okay, this is what I was writing about in my morning pages.
0: Did you know that when you started your Did you know that you would want to be an author?
1: Nothing, nothing. Wow. Nothing. I thought like, now in some months, I go back to teach. Yeah. It was a lot of self-trust, you know, but also the daily connection with the characters and with the craft. So whatever it is that you are doing, I think, in my case, it was writing and illustrating. You need to create some momentum. And I agree with you that it doesn't need to be like building a prototype and an MVP for an app is Mm -hmm. as artistic as, you know, writing a book Mm -hmm. about computers. And I think that's important for people to realize. Technology is very creative and it can also become an important part of your toolkit to create the world that you want to live in, right? So it is really important that we communicate that to our children. Understanding computers and learning, you know, how they work can really give them superpowers. I normally tell this story and that is, you could say that Ferus and Ona bring together what I've been learning during the last 20 years of my life. So what I've been learning about architecture, what I've been learning about programming and what I've been learning about teaching. But Ellen, if you get to ask me, what is the thing that gave me the biggest confidence to move forward with it? Mm-hmm. It was being tech savvy and my ability to code. Knowing that you can deal with all that technical stuff, like setting up the shop, you know, building the website, making it the way you you want, domain hosting, email hosting, and whatever it's to come, like, right. it, it gives you such a boost, Ellen. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and it yeah. gave me. Knowing that I have that done, right? And that, okay, this is something that I know how to deal with. I know how to deal with this stuff, you know? Now it's time to focus on on the thing that I'm creating, which is the stories. So then I think it's so important for our children to understand this, you know, to move them from mere consumers of technology into creators of technology.
0: Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay. I wanted to talk about that. So this concept, because you're talking about kids, and uh, some of our listeners might know, I was a high school teacher. I've worked with middle school level. Like nice. I've done a, I've done a lot of teaching of children, and my and and teaching of adults. I've, I, that's definitely a wheelhouse of mine. And so often, because our children are users of technology, people think, oh, they know how they know it better than me. They know they know it better than me because they because they can use a technology. What would you say to parents who? think that their kids know more than them about technology because they use the technology?
1: I focus on opening up the conversation. Mm -hmm. I think after speaking with parents and teachers that many parents are just like, oh, they know better, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they don't even start the conversation about technology. Right. Right. And here's the thing. So schools around the globe, are more and more being asked to include technology literacy in their curriculum. Mm-hmm. And it is becoming part of their education system, right? And then that's great, but um, you also have experience teaching coding and computing. Yep. And you know how hard that be. And also, really, computers are, are becoming a greater part of our culture. It's not anymore something that you learn in a school, you know? Right. It's like, Are we going to ask our children to learn coding and computing in school? And we as parents are not stepping in, you know?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I was a bit concerned with that. And I'm like, look, we parents, it is our responsibility as much as it is schools that we bring up conversations around technology at home. So it's about teaching the children, but sometimes it's also about teaching the parents, you know? Yeah. And this whole thing that is going on around us that we don't even see it, you know, that whole privacy and data, you know, issues or online security and online safety. I can see a lot of, of parents saying like, I don't know how that works. I saw a gap there and I, I took it as an opportunity as we need to step in and how? We're going to make it super simple. You said it in the beginning, there is a parent guide, there is a glossary. It can be daunting and overwhelming. Of course it is. You know, it's huge whether you're starting to learn how to code or whether you're a parent with a three-year-old. But how did you start? Small steps. So the first book, it's about computer viruses and security. It also touches the emails. It touches like many different side angles that you can actually. But the other day I was doing some activities with some kids and then a girl four-year-old came to me, and in the middle of the story, Perus and Ona, they go to the antivirus, right? And then in the waiting room, there are like three posters and then featuring Trojans, bots, and wombs, right? Yeah. (laughs) And then she was telling me, do you know that there are Trojans and bots? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it. That's so cute. A four-year-old? Oh, that's A four-year-old. And it's a girl, right? Which is also on top of, you know, there's a gender gap thing still, you know? And talking with parents and with teachers, it starts super early. Like a teacher, a father the other day, he was telling me she's six and she already six computers as a boy thing. And I was like, she's (gasps) six.
0: Oh, that's horrible. That's horrible.
1: So I thought, okay, which are the things that I loved when I was little? I loved reading books. I loved coloring. I loved telling the stories, you know. Right. That's the thing that these girls need. And then the next book, it's going to be published this autumn. And it's for the little ones. And it's written in the form of a poem. It's written in the form of a, it's a song. They can dance to it. They can learn it. And then for the music, I'm working with a live coding musician. And then there is some coding involved. So then oh, cool. when kids are totally into theros and Ona, then they are like, oh, there's a song. Let's dance it. Oh, they use coding to do the song, right? Cool. And then Oh, that is awesome. That is so, I love it. That is so great.
0: Okay, where, where can everyone find you? We're going to link to everything in the show notes, but why don't you just tell us what they can do, where they
1: can find you? So if you want to see a little bit more about what my career in tech looks like, you can sign up at cerusandona.com slash and you'll be getting a gift that I prepared for the people listening, which is a PDF featuring some of the stories in the ABC of Computers series. So the ABC of Computers with Therous and Ona, that's a biweekly weekly newsletter that I like to send with short stories and practical activities that will help you become familiar with the world of Theros and Ona and build your own arsenal of stories to tell at home and share with your kids. And if you want to find out more about the books, because you think that'd be wonderful to have for your children, please go to pedosanona.com slash books. And I'd love to connect.
0: Thank you so much, Miriam, for being with us here today. This was such an interesting conversation. I just appreciate you sharing your story so much with our audience. I think it's really going to help a lot of people understand how technology can be a great force in our world and how we can all access it. So thank you so much for being with us here today.
1: Thank you so much, Ellen, for this opportunity and having me on the show today. Hey,
0: if you enjoyed listening to this
1: podcast,
0: you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at urtechy.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com.